0: Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Mary is chosen the better portion. Name the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, today is the feast of Dormition the Holy to talk us when our Lord took his blessed mother into heaven, body, and soul. Now, there's great stories about Our Lady's assumption into heaven. In Pius XII, in 1950, made it a dogma of the church. He wrote an uh, infallible um, document, Bull, Most Solemn, document you can get from the church is a bull. It's infallible. And the interesting thing about it is most of the proofs he took for the, the, the Mother of God going to heaven were from the Byzantine, the Eastern Church. As we have all sorts of references to it, topars, conducts, and all those things in our liturgy. So if you get your books out and you look up the bull, You'll find a very, very Byzantine document. Now, our Lord is God, second person of blessed Trinity. Well, he could always remain the second person of blessed Trinity. He did not have to become a man. But about his love for us, he became a man. There had to be some way to redeem man after the fall. And in Genesis 3, 315, there's that famous text, the seed will become you and and me and you will defeat the devil. I'm using a loose translation. That's the promise of the New Testament. So the very little beginning of the New Testament is Genesis 315. Uh, Although we were fallen, miserable creatures suffering death and torment because we disobeyed and we were proud God even then took mercy on us to save us. That was fulfilled when a wonderful thing happened in heaven. Our Lady She was about three years old when she went to the temple to be raised in the temple in Jerusalem. And what did she do there? She uh, sewed and prayed, and she worked on the curtain they would use in the temple in the Holy of Holies. Remarkable thing about that, we had that curtain until... It was destroyed by the, the fall of Constantinople. Nobody seems to know what happened to it after that. Imagine that. We had the last curtain. Maybe Our Lady could have worked on that curtain. But anyway, let's get back to the point. So The wonderful thing that happened was that God the Father wanted to show His love for His fallen creatures. He says, there they are, they're miserable, they, they're bound. They're, di- they're cursed by death. There was no death when God created us, but we weren't very bright. You know, we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the knowledge of life. And God said, well, let's eat of knowledge of life, get him out of, they put us out of the garden. Gabriel came with a big sword, threw us all out. Gabriel preaches very, very large in our redemption. He's with St. Joseph in his dream. Is it the Annunciation. Is it the birth of John the Baptist, all these famous people who brought about our salvation because they obeyed. They said yes to God. Especially for you children, you should learn to say yes. You'll be holier if you learn to say yes. Unless somebody wants you to do something wrong, then you say no. So there was a theophany in heaven. There was the God the Father on the throne, beautiful, with the Son. And in one moment, he says, I'm sending you down by his action, his word. And there was this beautiful virgin girl. Isaiah says she was a virgin. And she has been sent out of the temple because she was in her womanly way. And the angel came and she said, I like the Latin. Fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the God's Father's work came with the Holy Spirit and the word, second person, and entered into under her heart. And there Jesus Christ was conceived, and he was to be born of this beautiful woman, sinless, perfect, without sin. We call her in Slavonic chista which means more cleaner than clean she was. There was no stain in her. Raised in a temple to become a temple, to give birth to the Savior. Now, we won't talk about Joseph. We'll talk about him another time. But anyway, she accepted that. And nine months later, we celebrated Christmas. She gave birth to this adorable child. Most unique child in all the world. Truly God and truly man in one hypostasis, in one personality. She would follow him, raise him, like mothers do. And their children become adults. They, they pray and watch over them, watching them carefully. And even though our parents sometimes leave us to go to heaven, they're just a curtain away. They're very close, and they're close to us in their prayer. So anyway, she watched her son go through all his public ministry, he sort of watched over her not too closely. She made him a beautiful robe. She sewed it, and, and there was not a seam in it. It was all woven. We don't know where that is today. It might be somewhere. But the, at his crucifixion, they gambled about that robe. They didn't want to rip it apart. And he wore tassels. He was a real itinerant preacher of the gospel. Now he priests the deceased, his mother unusual. Now we have the secret of the centuries. What did he do about it? Well, she lived in the apostolic community, and the fathers tell us the tradition of uh St. Luke, Luke lived with her, and she taught him about her son. He wasn't a disciple. He was one of the 70, or 70, I think. Yeah, and uh so when you read Luke's gospel, it's dominated by the story of the genealogy of Jesus Christ and his birth, and the role of Our Lady and St. Joseph in that. And uh, see, after a while, some of the fathers say, this must be the gospel of Mary. This is the things that she taught us about Jesus when she was still amongst us. Well, after that, about 60 years of age, she wanted to go to heaven. Her job was not done until she taught those apostles and people who were making trouble in the early church. She wanted to go to heaven and be with her son. So he just takes her to heaven, body and soul. Did she die? Yes. So she died. She fasted for a couple of weeks before she died to prepare to enter heaven. More than likely, the disciples gave her the Holy Eucharist for the food of the journey. The ho- holy women came and dressed her in beautiful clothing her shroud or whatever they had in those days and they laid her when she died in a tomb in Jerusalem Uh, it was not right the fathers say that the flesh that gave birth to the Savior's flesh should corrupt she did not undergo corruption but her son came And took her body and soul into heaven after her death, and um, the apostle James—I mean, excuse me, me, Thomas—apostle Thomas was not there, although they say the angels brought all the apostles to her side when she was dying. But Thomas didn't make it. Like he didn't he wanted to know who Jesus was. He didn't make that, but he witnessed the Jesus' real reality of his resurrection in John twenty two, the Gospel of John. So he comes and he says, I am one to adore this the body of our of the Mother of God, of Jesus' mother. Well, they opened the tomb and there's nothing there except herbs and flowers. It's not very beautiful. That's why we bless herbs and flowers on this feast day. We take them home to bring that beauty into our family life. So he had taken her body and soul into heaven, and that's exactly what the Pope told us in his uh, dogmatic pronouncement of 1950. What does she do there? She prays for us still. So in the Greek Fathers, they talk about the theandric order. Theos, andros, means God and man, theandric order, things that are both human and divine, theandric. So Mary is one of those theandric people. She's truly human, but she's deified. She's full of grace. She's the mother and savior. She's the first one, except the ones the Lord woke up at his resurrection in the, from the underworld, to go to heaven, body, and soul. So she's sort of our premier of what's going to happen to us when we die and we rise up on the last day. Like her body, glorified by her son, that was the tabernacle of the Holy Trinity, we have become incorporated into the life of life giving trinity even now more than we are. How is that possible? Because what Christ is by nature, we become by participation in the energies of God that come from the Father through the Son empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, Our Lady had all that. She's the example of what can be our destiny. So I was reading last week a book on theology and scripture about theophanies. Theophanies are when God appears, breaks in on time, and appears among men like the descent of the Holy Spirit, like uh, the ascension of our Lord, the cloud appeared and Jesus went up. It was a theophany. Like the baptism of our Lord, that was a theophany. God broke in upon time and said, this is my beloved Son, hear him. Terrific things have happened. It was a theophany in heaven when Our Lady's Assumption, and there she was, body and soul, And she had the divine energies and a very holy body that had been born to the Savior and she is of the theandric order. There's only a couple people that I can say they're of the theandric order. Uh, I think maybe uh, they say that when John Chrysostom died uh, the fellow had a vision of uh, that took care of him, a bishop. And he, he he was praying, and he could not see John in heaven. And it was revealed to him that was, he was uh, in the theandric order. He was where nobody can see in heaven. Only those special holy people are there. And uh, so as we go, do not fear when you go through the doorway of death. Think of the Dormition of the Mother of God though you sow your, your body in the earth and be buried, don't be burned up or something. That's terribly terrible, terrible. You know? And uh, your body is in. It's going to disintegrate. Unless you're a great saint. And if you're a great saint, they're going to open your tomb or wherever you're in, and that's Roma of holiness will be near you. But the wonderful thing is going to happen is you get up to the royal doors in heaven. They're open to you and you go in and your transformation starts. You're turned into a new... You get your gifts that you had before the fall and you get the divine energies and you become part of the life of the Holy Trinity. James tells us I think it's 1, chapter 1, verse 2 or something. You will be gods. Not like God is God, but like a participation in the divine energies of God that makes us holy. So sometimes, I'm sort of a rascal, I ask people what they think of death. Well, some say, well, you just go to sleep. Then you have to sleep there to the second coming. I have a notion that we pray to the saints and it's not the second coming. They're not asleep. Our Lord and Our Lady, they're not asleep. They're at the throne of God. I get a notion that when we go to heaven, the transformation starts. And Paul tells us we'll go from glory to glory. So he knew something. And Dionysus the Agripega tells us too People ignore him. You should read that. Panes, the was a disciple of St. Paul. I believe St. Paul saw heaven, and so did Dionysius, because he tells us about the angels and everything that goes on there. It's not easy to read, but it's the truth. Now, what do you think when Our Lady went up to heaven? Robed in glory. Crowned. Beautiful white garments, gold, beautiful as any woman that ever existed, and God shining through here. They say mystically, we talk about Jesus in heaven, He's beautiful. Read the book of Apocalypse and what they describe what Jesus is looking like in heaven. He's robed in white, like in the temple of old, the temple, the temple of meeting. Uh, The priest would go in in his vestments, but when he went to go behind the veil, he put on white vestments, and he was deified and put on a throne. That's just a sample of the glory of the great high priest as he goes into heaven, where he is deified He's son of God, truly man, our priest. And we put him on a throne, beautiful white vestments, red gold, uh, red the blood of our salvation, hair white, skin white, eyes like jewels with fire coming from them. The enthroned high priest. His mother comes. He dresses her up beautifully. So what does she do now? She prays for us still. She prays for us especially that we can join them all in the kingdom of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Where there'll be no pain, sorrow, or mourning, or life ever but life everlasting. They asked Irenaeus, you know, that why there was no marriage in heaven which was interesting. He says, because they do not beget children in heaven. There's no marital embrace in heaven. That's done on earth. But those children are destined to heaven. So like parents and married people, they're making the population of heaven to glorify God and to live in glory. But this is very important for us to reflect upon. The meaning of the Dormition of the Mother of God, her falling asleep and her going to heaven. The truly queen, our royal queen, who prays for us still. And to think of the love between the mother and father and the son. She did the will of the father when Gabriel gave her the message. She gave birth to the son. In this beautiful body, filled as we say in Slavonic Praetchista, more pure than pure. And giving to the Saviour, she gave birth to our salvation. How wonderful. And why shouldn't she be in heaven? Why shouldn't she be glorified? Where would we keep her? Next to her son praying the all-powerful prayer the Virgin Mary because her heart and her son's heart beat as one when she carried him for nine months and that continues even now the design of his heart and her desires are one and they are praying for us still we too will be in the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.